listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Welcome, everyone. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I love to learn new ideas from people that work in industries that have nothing to do with what I do because those principles and concepts are malleable. They're fungible. We can take concepts from one industry and apply them to another, and we can learn things. I think it kind of helps to keep that gene pool healthy by spending time understanding how business in general works rather than just our own myopic view of what we do every single day within our work. So I want to introduce to you our guest today. His name is Henry Kaminsky, and he's the founder of a marketing company called Unique Designs. It's a full-service design, branding, and digital marketing agency that helps personality brands, coaches, consultants, people like you, people that have personality brands to scale their profits and increase their exposure online. Our topic today is getting real clarity in your business brand. I think you're going to hear some great ideas from Henry because he's got some real depth, some real character to him, and some obvious success under his belt in terms of helping other people succeed in their marketing efforts. We've put Henry's email address, his LinkedIn profile link, and also his website company's address on the bio links. So make sure you check that out. And if you get ideas for other speakers and guests to have on the show, please let me know. You can message me through the site. And if you get a minute, I'd really appreciate a five-star review on Apple iTunes, formerly known as uh, or Apple Podcast, formerly known as iTunes. If you can take a minute, I'd certainly appreciate that. And if you have something specific about one of the guests where you learned something, put that on there because I definitely want to relay that back to our guest just to thank that person for being on the show. Anyways, I hope you get great ideas from my interview with Henry today. And as always, thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Today, we have an expert in personal business branding, Henry Kaminsky. And today we're talking about getting real clarity in your business brand. Henry, thanks for joining me on the show today. Scott, thanks so much for having me, man. I got to tell you, you have a great voice. Well, thank you. I've been, uh, I've had this voice my whole life, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go talk to my voice guy, see if I can get it tuned up. I love it. I love it. So you've been doing this for some time. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll kind of get into the topic here. Sure. So again, my name is Henry Kaminsky. I've been in the branding space for 14 years. I started out as a freelance graphic designer. I had a nine to five working at a local hospital. I started there right out of college, cleaning coffee pots, got my master's, <laughs> worked my way up into a assistant director position and um, started fundraising for sudden infant death syndrome, which for wow. folks that don't wow. know what that is, it's when a baby dies under the age of one with no cause. With <laughs> And so it's, it's such a sad, sad thing. And so I was in charge of fundraising for that department and then I had the opportunity to take those funds and create events for the families in the state of New Jersey who lost the baby to SIDS to create that support network. So there came a time where I was getting really good at, at these events. And so I had I reached out to Z100, one of the biggest radio stations on the planet, to sponsor one of the events. And, and they said yes. And so I knew I needed to create a killer marketing program for that specific event. And so my friend introduced me to graphic design. I had no idea what it even was. And as I was sitting down next to him watching him design literally my thoughts, I was like, oh, 
I want to learn more wow. about this. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, the event was great. Fast forward, I convinced the boss to get me the Photoshop program. And for the next 36 months or so, I went to town designing all my stuff for that, for that position. But I started a little side hustle on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which turned into first year of business generating over $248,000 in revenue wow. just wow. by myself. Because the what happened was the hospital was cutting down on, it's around 2008. So economic crisis, everybody's tightening up. They gave me an ultimatum. They said, you could stay here and you're going to become somebody's secretary because this position is going to go away right. or you could leave. And so wow. I said, you know what? I got to spread my wings and fly. And yeah. uh, I did. And uh, that first best crisis year, ever. Yeah. Best yeah, crisis ever. Yeah. yeah it, was, for you, it was, it was fantastic. So first year did great, made my first million after the first 36 months and then just grinded after that. And then eventually I hit a brick wall saying, Hmm, now what do I do? Like I'm at this point, but I I'm still a one man band. How right. do I get to that next level? And that's when I had to build out my team. And so I've had my team now for the past eight years or so. And they're just amazing individuals on four different continents. And um, they've been with me ever since. And we've had a lot of ups and downs. I'm not saying it's been Range Rovers and Roses for the past 14 years. <laughs> we had a lot of ups and downs. But now, like I've mentioned offline with you, you know, we're cruising at a nice altitude now and, and, and we want to serve at the highest level. So that's great. Well, you wouldn't have gotten to that point unless you had been able to offer substantive value, significant value to your constituents, to your clients in the area of your expertise, your brand, teaching people how to have this brand. And that's what I've seen in my work in recruiting partner level attorneys and speaking at conferences on rainmaking and sales. Everybody has the brand of the organization that they're representing, but They also have their personal brand, not just their business brand, but their personal brand. What what are your thoughts about that? You know, kind of start me off. What's your overarching concepts related to someone's personal brand? Well, as the audience may already understand this, but some may not. I am a firm believer that people buy you, the person, before they buy your service. Right. Okay. When I started out as a graphic designer, my designs were god awful. Okay. I was, I was self-taught. I was trying to learn the craft and they were awful, but I always had a book of business. Why? Because people liked me. I remember working with my first developer, my website developer, and, and we had a meeting and he said, Henry, don't you understand that people are buying you, not your designs? They like you. And I didn't see it at first. I didn't see it at first. And then I realized, well, if, if they were buying me, if they were purchasing based on the quality of work, <laughs> I wouldn't have any work, right? So, <laughs> so that, was the first, that was the first aha moment. And as I've watched branding mature over the past 14 years, now more than ever, people want to buy from people. They want to buy from companies that feel like a human being, act like a human being online. So I'm seeing a lot of big brands these days looking at Target, looking at they're humanizing their brands. They're putting some sort of personality in front so that their audience can connect to that personality. Now that personality owns the values, the beliefs, and the mission of the company 
Right. So it's a lot easier to connect with a human being than a logo. Do you think the crisis had anything to do with that? Absolutely. We had like a, we had like a gold rush last year. So last year we were doing a hundred thousand dollar months in revenue because personality brands, lawyers, accountants, consultants were caught with their pants down, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. when it came to a digital presence, an online presence, they were not ready to go online. And so we had a lot of clients. I had a client come to me say, Henry, I didn't realize how unprepared I was online. We look horrible online. We have a social presence that looks like we just started out in business. I've been in business for 25 years. One in particular, he came to me, he was teaching financial intelligence, financial literacy, right? Worked for the biggest firms, right? His online presence looked like he just started his business two weeks ago. Wow. How much is that costing you per day? In my masterclass, I share this quick example. What's one client worth to you? Is it 20 grand over the course of a year? Is it 50? Is it 100K, right? So let's times that by 12. Let's times that by 12. Let's say we get 100K client per month over the next 12 months. That's $1.2 million in potential revenue. Would you, if your brand's messaging, if your online presence isn't dialed into your ideal client, how much is that costing you per client per month? Right. So I asked the question, can we agree now that branding is an expensive problem to have if it's not dialed in? And the answer is always yes. So that's what I help my clients do. Really dial in who their ideal client is and put out the right positioning. Because the last thing I want to see is someone like yourself, Scott, who has a phenomenal service, but your online presence isn't articulating the value. Right. That's a problem. And so that's what my team and I fix. Why do you think most people, they might not get that? They might have this blind spot related to what you're talking about. Why do you think that is? Scott, too close to the business. Mm. Too close to the business. Listen, when it comes to my branding stuff, do you think I do my own stuff? No, I'm too close to it. That's why I hand it off to my team. Getting that outside perspective is huge. I was with a client yesterday and I said to him, there's two experiences that you can have when building your brand. Let's look at cooking, okay? You have the recipe to cook a phenomenal meal, right? You go in the kitchen, you bang out the recipe and it comes out men's men's, right? Now, I have a celebrity chef as a client, so (laughs) I always (laughs) use his name. So, or, right, or you have the same recipe, but now you have Fabio Viviani sitting next to you, coaching you on how to create that recipe. Different experience, different outcome, isn't it? Absolutely right. So there's two ways to go about business and growing it. You can follow the recipe and do it yourself and get your result, or you can connect with people that are better than you. I think a lot of people have that. I don't know. They think that they're a little, they're a little afraid of that. See, I embrace that. Yeah. 
It's like when I was a kid playing golf in high school, my dad said, if I want to be a better golfer, I should play with better golfers. So you know what I did, Henry? I quit playing golf because I didn't want to be around people better than me, right? And, th and then I realized he's right. So I got, I got back into it, but you start hanging around people that have done more than you, they've done better than you, and that rubs off on you. And, and so let me ask you this then, what do you think are some of the pitfalls that if people are going down this journey and they see that they need to do something, what are some of the pitfalls that they need to avoid as they start thinking about their personal brand? Couple things. One is it's not about you. It's about them. And what do you mean by that exactly? It's not about your ego, your expertise, any of that. It's about how you can serve your client at the highest level. Right. When we get into the design phase of, of the brand accelerator program with clients, the first thing that I tell them that kind of knocks them off their seat is I'm telling you right now, guys, we're not designing this brand for you. I don't care when we start to develop logo concepts for you and we go through a process where we really start to direct the, the look and feel of the brand. And they're called stylescapes. Not to go, I'm not going to get all technical with you, but we present three and we really walk through uh, with the client at a slow pace to get an understanding of where this brand needs to go, right? And I give them a day to kind of digest it, right? right? And I tell them, if you come back tomorrow and tell me that your daughter who's 13 doesn't like the color blue, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care what your wife thinks. And quite frankly, I don't care what you think. What I care is what your clients think. So we're not designing this for you. We're designing it for your clients. Because if your clients can't resonate with the brand, you're not going to have any. Right. So that's number one. It's not about you. Number two is it's, it's crazy how many people think they know who their ideal client is, but have no clue who their ideal client is. Do you think people should interview their clients related to this? What do you think yeah. about that? I think it's fantastic. I think you interview your best clients to give you the best feedback and insight for sure. But the questions are worth the gold. So you want some questions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That Tell you me. Could, yeah. That you could ask your potential clients. Yeah. So one of the things is I give my clients sort of an exit interview every time I meet with them. So if you're going to interview a, an existing client, make sure that you get them before you deliver the goods. Mm -hmm. You want to get them when you're like just about to showcase the end result, but there's still some work where right. that's the highest, that's the, the highest dopamine hit you're ever going to mm -hmm. experience. They're ever going to experience, right? So that's when you want to have this conversation. But the first question is, why did you, what issues were you struggling with prior to coming to me, which made you want to reach out to me? That's a great question. Okay. That's going to help you uncover the problems because unless it's a serious problem, they're not going to hire you. Right. So let them speak. Right. Then you ask them, what was the best part of the experience of working with me? What didn't you expect that came about? Shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. Right. Then the next thing is, what would you tell somebody who's on the fence of potentially hiring me for service? Wow. And then the last one is, there's a thousand people that do what I do. Why did you choose me? Wow, those are great questions. I mean, they get really to the heart of it, don't they? That is it. 
And if you can ask your top 2% of your clientele those four questions, five questions, whatever, you're going to have a ton of data to work with. Mm -hmm. Right? So I know we're going to wait till the end of the show to talk about some actionable things that you could do. That's one of them. But right. I, I have actually, I have three more that you can do as well. But we'll wait till the, after, uh, the end of the show to get into that. Yeah, that sounds great. What do you think are kind of the common traits that professionals have had when you look back over your career, those people that work with you that have gone the farthest yeah. where they reached out to you? And they hired you and they have gone the farthest. Like think of your top 10% clients, those that have really just exceeded what you thought they could do. What, what do you think some of their common characteristics are? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. There was, there was two, two that I worked with thousands, hundreds of clients over the years. But I mean, these two are really recent. One guy came to me and said, listen, I'm working nine to five. I'm making a six-figure salary. I'm, I live in Arizona. So that goes a long way out there, right. right? So he goes, I'm pretty comfortable in my work, but I know that the world wants more from me. So I have this thought, I have this concept in my head, and I want to develop that. I know nothing about branding. I need a guide. I need help. My goal, he was very specific with his goal. By the end of this year, I want to be out of my nine to five, and I want to be doing this side hustle full time. Right. So I said, I think we'll be able to do that. So this guy has a hunger to help mm -hmm. people, right? Former military, ex-cop, right? So I bring him through the process and this guy is dialed in. He's showing up focused. He's showing up with questions. He's showing up ready to work. Right? Because in the, the initial phases of my process, it's a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I'm working one-on-one -on -one with the principal or the, the founder because I really need to get a better understanding of what they're all about. Right, I need to uncover that. It's just like going to a doctor. And before you go into surgery, he's going to do a thorough diagnosis before he puts you on the table. That's where I got the brand doctor name from actually is because oh, of the process. Yeah. yeah. So right. as I'm doing that, I'm uncovering a lot of the blind spots that even he didn't know. So I get this text message. We started around January. We launched the brand about 90 days after. And I'm just watching him progress over the next 90 days or so. I get this text message in June, about second week of June. I put in my two weeks, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, wait a second. I thought your goal was to be out of there by December. Right. He goes, no, no, no. We're doing $20,000 weeks. Wow. Wow. Like, I'm good. And this, here's a guy that emptied his 401k to do this. Oh, wow. So this guy put it on the line, put in his two weeks, the next six months of that year, exponential growth. The guy's flying, well, pre-COVID, he was flying all over the place speaking. He's an executive coach. That's right. what he is, right? right? Flying all over the place, getting 10K gigs to speak. Then COVID hit. He brought it all online. We worked together a little bit to get him just positioned properly so he can take what he was doing in person and bring it online digitally. Still crushing it. So now he has a great recurring revenue program for his business online. Right. It's generating $30,000, $40,000 a month. And he's just showing up. He probably puts in about... 16 hours of work a month. So let me ask you this then, with his story and some of the other industries that you worked in, 
do you think that the concepts are malleable? Will it still work for people that are selling professional services? What do you think? Absolutely. So the branding framework is universal. How to customize it is the tricky part. So mm-hmm. when contractors go to build homes, they don't start with the roof. Mm-hmm. And then there's other contractors that start with the foundation. No, there is a general framework on how to build that home. Mm-hmm. Now, customizing that home is where it gets, in my opinion, fun. And that's where I love my work because it's never the same project twice. Right. Right. You, Scott, could have a business that that a, a client of mine has almost identical. That brand project will be exponentially different by the end of that that process. Right. Do you think that there are certain trends at this time in, in our history right now? Like I feel like this is a major inflection point. People are going back to work right now. Yeah. And do you think there are certain trends that professionals should be mindful of right now, especially? that relate to their personal brand. Absolutely. and transparency, 1000%. Okay. One of the lead heads of Instagram, right? His last name's Masri. I forget his first name. He has been out in front of his audience more than ever over the past six months, representing Instagram. Because the big argument and the big complaint of Instagram users is Instagram, you don't tell us enough about how your inner workings work, what you guys are focused on. Like every two weeks, you're changing the algorithm and we don't know what the heck's going on. Right. Masri picked up on that and said, we as a brand are going to be more transparent with all of you. And I am going to be the face and the liaison for it. So you got to see this guy crank out these Instagram TVs, IGTVs. They're about five, 10 minutes long a pop. And he goes out there and he tells you, this is what we're focusing in on over the next 90 days. Right. Creators, video, a shopping experience, all these things. Now I am delighted because now I could share that information with my clients and they could be better influencers in the space using that platform. So do you think that... All professionals, do you think this doesn't work for some industries? Because I know some of the people listening to this, they're in big global law firms. Maybe their prospects aren't on Instagram, even though, and, and I think my own opinion is that LinkedIn is the watering hole for business. That's where people are going. That's where you see professionals at all levels. CEOs are on there reading comments. Do you think that even if someone is with an organization where they've got a marketing department, can they delegate their personal brand? awareness? Or do you think they should take ownership of that and spend time on that themselves? In my opinion, the more you invest in yourself, the more return you're going to get. Right. So these global law firms, Mm -hmm. yeah, it takes you nothing but a cup of coffee and three minutes to get out there and pop a video on there. Right. That's right. right. But I think you have to pick your platform. I believe that you have to understand your audience to the core and understand where they're consuming information, how they're consuming information. I love the the high ticket or the high profile attorney that's putting out eBooks online. Like, no, like you're a high profile attorney. You have high profile clients. Are they reading eBooks? <laughs> right. No. So how does your ideal client consume information? 
That's what we need to study. That's what we need to understand. And we got to put the right information out there. I'll give you a quick example. I had a client fell into the same problem. Oh, my competition is doing eBooks and they're selling services or introductory services for $200. Okay. What's your client worth over a calendar year? 75 grand. Okay. Do you think that's poor positioning? Do you think that's great positioning for you? Let me rewire. Do you think that's great positioning for you if you're peddling a $200 widget? Yeah. That sends the wrong message. Sends the wrong message. Now you're going to get a bunch of nickel and dimers. You're going to get a bunch of people that are unqualified and it's going to be a nightmare. So you got to position yourself properly and you got to, by doing that, you have to understand your audience. I cannot stress that more. So you got to pick your platform and you got to pick your platform strategy. If you want one real quick, one thing I did, it brought in about a half a million dollars in revenue in about five months. LinkedIn, Sales Navigator. Do you know what Sales Navigator is? Sure. Okay. So for those, yeah, can't take for granted that our audience knows what it is, but Sales Navigator for LinkedIn is it's about 80 bucks a month, I think still. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to search for ideal partners, ideal clients, ideal people you want to connect with. That's and great. It's very, very good, right? You could dial in a potential client by salary, years experience. I mean, it's really, really sharp. So I took it. I dialed in my ideal client because I know exactly who they were. And I invited them on my podcast. Mm-hmm. That me, because I know you get bombarded every day with, right. hey, come look at my thing. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. Right. And it's all spam. But what if I came to you and said, checked out your profile, saw this post that you wrote, loved it. I think you would be an awesome guest on my show. Yeah. You're writing me their attention. Yeah. You're writing me back on. All right. When do we book it? All right. Here's the link to book. Now I got their email address. Now they go into a email marketing platform, right? That I'm going to need that anyway to communicate with them, to get them on the show, get them ready for the show, so on and so forth, right? We do the show. Now I have my team create some really nice produced snippets of the show. Right. The show produces, I give them those snippets and say, here's the link, go promote it. This podcast episode is a phenomenal marketing piece for you. I did that up front without asking for a damn thing, right? That's a great idea, Henry. Next thing you know, it takes some time to water the plants. Mm -hmm. You got to understand that. I, I wasn't seeing ROI right away. All of a sudden, they're getting my emails. They're listening to my podcast. They're watching my YouTube videos. Now they're reaching out going, I need your help, dude. That's great. Half a million bucks in five months. Not bad. Well, Henry, let me kind of bring it in this way. Two things. I want you to share with us what are three action steps people can take to get started in implementing some of these ideas that you've had, which are all fantastic. And then secondly, tell us about your offerings. And we'll make sure to put your links on our show notes here. Sure. First things first, I'm all about tools and resources. Mm -hmm. When you have the right tools, you can build anything you want. Step one on understanding who your ideal client is. Very simple, free resource called answerthepublic.com. Answerthepublic.com. Okay, great. Yep. Go there. And what you could do is you could type in a keyword around your expertise. And what Answer the Public will do is create these beautiful pinwheels and scour Google to see what questions are being Googled around that keyword. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. And then there's going to be little green dots next to each question that it populates for you. The darker the green, the more the question is being typed in. Wow. 
So go for the dark green dots, create content around those, those questions. It's like the answers to the test. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Another great, another great thing is I love doing this. I go to competitors. I go to their sites. I go straight to their case studies or testimonials, preferably video. And I study the language of that testimony. I listen to the pain points. I listen to what they said about that competitor that changed their life or their world. And I create a Google spreadsheet. It's about 60 pages now over the course of a couple of years. And I have two categories, what my clients are painting over and what my clients want. Interesting. And I have tons of phrase, words and phrases and, and keywords that I've heard just by studying my competitors' video testimonials. So let me kind of summarize what we have so far. Step one, understand the client, go to answerthepublic.com. Step two, Go to your competitors' sites. Is that correct? Yep. Go to competitors' And then what sites. do you say are the things that we're looking for with that? So study their video testimonials mm-hmm. and pay attention to the language that the people are using. What were their struggles? What were their pains? What did that competitor do for them that changed their life? Wow. And then take note. And then, and you said you document all this. I document it all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like I use words like spinning wheels. I use words, analysis paralysis. These are words that I came up. These are what my competitors' clients are saying. So why not use the same language? That's great. What's what's the final step for us, Henry? And this is where it gets difficult. And this is where I highly recommend you bring somebody on to help you with this. Understanding who you are and understanding who you are not. Wow. Okay. I live by this philosophy. Who not how. And I got that. I didn't make this up. I got it from Dan Sullivan. He's in the consulting space mm-hmm. uh, for 30 something years, almost 40 years. But when I implemented this philosophy, my whole life changed and my business changed. I don't focus and get overwhelmed with how to do anything anymore. When I find something that needs to be done, I say, who's going to do it? Mm. Who's going to do it? Not how am I going to do it? Who's going to do it? And then I go and I, I hire the best. Yeah. I hire the best. And if I don't have the, the investment capital to do that, I figure it out. Right. Maybe I just hire the, the person that I could afford at the time and then work my way up. But now I'm to the point where I hire the best of the best. And listen, baby steps. But for those folks that are out there that have the momentum and have the experience and they're serious about taking their business to the next level, it's who, not how. And that's the philosophy. Henry, you've got some great ideas. We're going to put your links on the show notes here, but tell us about the offerings that you have. What what are the things you want people to know about what you can do for them in terms of your services? Sure. So the first step in working with me is going through a one-on-one brand assessment with me. It is a financial investment of $500. And what that is, is that allows me to sit down with you for five minutes to an hour and really understand where you are where you want to go and identify the roadblocks or the blind spots that are preventing you from doing that. Because you can only see so much being inside the bottle. You can't see the outside label. So that, that call is really going to help me identify what you don't see. From there, I'm going to recommend a few things. Just like if you went to the doctor, went to a specialist and paid a copay, right? You're going to, at the end of that, you're going to either know that we need surgery or- right physical therapy. 
I may be able to handle those services for you. I may refer you to somebody else, but you walk out of there with some real clarity on focus on what the next steps are to take your business to where you want to take it. So that's the first step. Then we get into the brand strategy that's much deeper. And then we get into the application of that strategy. And that's actually building out your online presence, whether it be a rebrand, website design, funnel creation and build out, lead generation, automation, things like that. So those are the three steps. That's where I got the name, the brand doctor, because it's diagnose, prescribe, apply. That's great, Henry. Well, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your ideas and your brilliance. You've got some fantastic ideas. You obviously have a track record of success that can help other people. I'm sure we'll have you back here on the show in the future, Henry. I'd love to have you on my show as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Henry. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.